Hey, and welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I am your host, JR, and today I want to welcome my guest, Spencer from the Sky U Pod and Soul from the Soli Scoop Pod. These are guys from Minnesota and Nebraska. We're going to be breaking down a little bit of those games today. There we go, Minnesota football. For, there it is. For Spencer, the Sky U Pod, and then Soul for Nebraska for the Scully Pod. Hey, uh, Spencer, you want to go ahead and tell the tell the listeners a little bit about SkyU? Absolutely. So SkyU Pod, this is just a podcast of, you know, some high school friends that love some gopher football. So tune in. You can find us on any streaming platform from Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, um, we're SkyUPod there. Um, follow us on Twitter at SkyUPod1 or Twitter now X, um, SkyUPod1 there. We are also on YouTube, SkyUPod, and we're working on other platforms like TikTok and Instagram too. So uh, give us a follow. You get all things go for football. For sure, for sure. And if you want to just go to the, straight to their YouTube, I'll go ahead and link that into the description below, so that way you can just go straight there. Jay Soul, you want to tell us a little bit about Scully Scoop? Yeah, so I want to say thanks for having us on, JR. And yeah, so the Sully Scoop are three life. I mean, we're brothers. We grew up together. We grew up Husker fans. You know, everything about us is the Huskers. We ride or die. And I mean, being a Husker fan, it's, it's the best thing that you could ever be. I mean, like, the fans travel so well, but it's like deep down inside of us. They used to be winners. Now they're not so much. So, I mean, we ride with it. And like I said, we're brothers. We're never going to agree on any single topic. So we kind of just argue back and forth. But, you know, our emotions definitely change throughout the season with how the Huskers end up doing. And past few years hasn't gone so well. Hey, I love it. I love uh, three brothers together doing a podcast. I won't say I love the fact that Nebraska's losing. Don't don't mix that up. I mean, you know, I'm a Buckeye <laughs> fan, so you know, uh, we're over in the East. You're the West. You know, no rivalry here or anything. I actually uh, have a bit of an affinity for the Nebraska Cornhuskers after 2020 and us fighting together for for the uh, for Big Ten to happen. So uh, that that's good stuff. Anyway, hey, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate you. All of our podcasts are brought to you by Big Banter Sports. You can go to Big bigbantersports.com to get all the information about our podcast, other podcasts. We have a podcast for every Big Ten team for football. We're working on basketball right now, but if you want a football podcast for all of your teams, you can go there. And if you're like, if you're watching this video on YouTube, please like and subscribe. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, Thursday, going over notes of news and things like that for the Big Ten exclusively. Today, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about the Minnesota-Nebraska game. We're also going to talk a little bit about Cade McNamara. Is he going to be playing this weekend? And just really, we're going to be talking about all the games in the Big Ten. So we're going to go through and kind of give our predictions, give a little bit of our thoughts on on, uh, on them and see what we think about them. But first, let's get into Nebraska at Minnesota. All right, guys. So what are we thinking here? Spencer, we'll start with you. What is your is is the player you are most excited to see for Minnesota? And then give me a player or two or maybe a position group that you're worried about for Nebraska. Uh, that's a great question. So uh, I think that the player I'm most excited for is definitely Ethan Cali Manis. Um He's a guy, he's a quarterback that did get some playing time last year, but I'm expecting him to really 
take the reins at QB and, and be the leader throughout his career, kind of like Tanner Morgan was. Um, I know the Gophers are a run-heavy team, and that's not really going to change, I don't think. They're still going to rely on running the football and holding on to the ball as long as they can, running out the game clock. But I think this year they kind of take it to the next level and implement um, the passing game a little more, and it starts with him. So, um, yeah, it's got to be eighth. And um, as for your other question, players on um, – or yeah, their, their defense – what 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 worries me the most, I think, is the fact that um, Coach Rule came out and said that they're going to be physical um, with the Gophers, and it's the Big Ten. Physicality is always going to be there throughout, but I think what was lacking at Nebraska the past couple of seasons was um, was that physicality, specifically up front and the offensive line, and it sounds like. Uh, they're going to be a lot better there, and you got an offensive line like like Coach Rule. So I'm worried about that offensive line, um, especially because uh, the defensive line for the Gophers is something I question. They really struggle getting after the quarterback over the past year, few years. So I'm looking at that offensive line. Nebraska is also always going to have athletes on the outside and at all the skills positions. So if they can get the job up front done. It just the rest falls into place nicely, for sure. And if I'm not mistaken, Minnesota they they return their interior of their defensive line, but like the exterior, the edges they don't return those guys. Correct? That's right. Yep. They only have Ja Joiner is probably the main D tackle right now. Um, we're returning some other guys. There's a little depth there, but it's a question of if that depth is going to be pretty solid. I think they'll do a, a little better than the last year. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, Jay Soul, same question for you. Who is someone for Nebraska you're just super stoked to see this year with the very first game? And who is somebody on Minnesota that just kind of worries you, maybe a position group that worries you, that going into this game you're like, man, if we don't take care of this, it's not going to go well for us. Yeah, well, just being a Husker fan, I think every Husker is hyped about Jeff Sims. I think like he has the ability to change an offense. I mean, he's coming from Georgia Tech, not the best, you know, ACC school. However, he is Matt Rule's guy. Matt Rule recruited him to go to Baylor, and he, after Matt Rule went to the NFL, he ended up transfer or just decommitting and going to Georgia Tech. But when Matt Rule came, he said he's seen him at pro days. And I mean, Matt Rule says that he can throw the ball with the best of them. And I mean, you just got to be hyped with Jeff Sims there. He's a big body, has the ability to run and throw the ball that I think he is a game changer that possibly the Huskers have been missing lately. I mean, Casey Thompson, he could throw the ball well, couldn't run it. And Adrian Martinez couldn't really throw the ball that well, but he could definitely run the ball. So I think our quarterback position is going to be better. And I think, you know, Gabe Irvin to the side, everyone's seen the pictures. He's looking jacked coming into fall camp. So, I mean, I am excited again about, you know, just the offensive group right there in the backfield. But I think Jeff Sims is going to take over and kind of just run the show for it. And I mean, the part I'm most worried about, I guess, is our defensive line. I mean, there's a lot of hype coming out of, you know, camp that these guys are revamped. They got a lot more energy and we're changing to the three five that something might change. You know, you got a linebacker standing up along the side might get a little push on the extra. But 
I mean, that is the biggest question mark because Minnesota, time and time again, year in, year out, to win the Big Ten West and what Minnesota has been doing to Nebraska is just run the ball down their throats, waste the clock, and get out of there with the win. It doesn't matter if it looks pretty. I mean, that is what the Big Ten do. Uh, the Big Ten does for sure, for sure. And I was actually before this podcast reading up a little bit, and I read that the Nebraska backup quarterback, or maybe it's the backup in question. I think Heinrich Harburg. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but yeah. he is like super athletic as well, kind of like a secondary, uh, a guy that you can just throw in there and really be this athletic playmaker. So even if something happened to Jeff Sims, which you know obviously we all hope that he stays you know healthy for the entire season, but even if something happens, I feel like they have an electric quarterback behind him that can really just break the game wide open. I don't know while he can pass the ball, but apparently, according to Matt Rule, the dude does windmill dunks and backflips and all different kinds of things. And, uh, you know, uh, if you if you do anything NFL and you can do a backflip, that's like, you know, perfect for them. So (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. But he's a homer. He's from Nebraska. So like he's got the pride for the Huskers. But I mean, yeah, they've been having him line up at wide receiver and try different positions that I I think that was something Scott Frost missed was keeping guys with that kind of ability on the sidelines. And I think that's the thing about Matt Rule. Matt Rule is a college coach. Same thing with PJ Flex. Both of them are college coaches through and through. I mean, Matt Rule tried to go to the NFL. It didn't work out. And there's no shame in that. Same thing happened with Nick Saban. He tried to go and it didn't work out. But he is a college guy through and through. And I think he thrives on putting teams together and making that stuff happen. So, all right, a little bit easier question for you guys. I'm sure you guys have talked about it on your own podcast, and I think you guys even did a podcast together. But give me your score prediction. Spencer, we'll start with you. What is your score prediction for this game? Yeah, I got, I got a score prediction of uh, 28 to 13 Gophers, um, and that's because I think that um, the defense will continue to be great. Um Minnesota's defense has been solid the past couple of seasons, and I think that continues. Um, I think that the Huskers, you know, it's just going to be kind of a new offense and just kind of a new system. And it's hard, you know, to to win a Big Ten game on the road, first game of the season in the first place. And I think that just new coaching style is going to hinder them just a little bit. I just think it's natural growing pain. So, um, yep, 28-13 Golden Gophers. 28-13. All right, Jay Soul, what about you? Yeah, I hate opening up against a Big Ten foe, especially one in the division. And it's, this is with a new coach. I think it's hard to expect that the Huskers come out and, you know, just beat them handily on the field. I, I think it's going to be a close game. Usually with Minnesota, it's like a one-score game. So I think it's nothing's going to change there. But I think it's hard for the Huskers opening up week one. P.J. Fleck has been there. Yes, he's got a new running back and a new quarterback. But – the guys have been working in the system and the offensive line has been what has beaten the Huskers. So I don't think I can change my thought process here. I got the Minnesota golden or the Minnesota Gophers taking out the Huskers 24 to 17, man. And I do want to say, I do want to say if the Huskers pull off the upset, my picks are out the window. I'm repicking, (laughs) but I got to make it a bowl game. I love it. I love it. And honestly, you know, with these new rules with the first down and stuff, I, you know, I was looking at this game and I really feel like I, we could see a quarter from PJ Fleck where he has like a 10 minute drive or something. (laughs) You're absolutely right. That's what he's, that's his type of game. And 
he will do that. So it, it might be low scoring simply because he's doing that. Um, I don't expect it to be a fast-paced game. I think it's going to be slow. 28 points seems on the high end because of that, but I think that the Gophers will finally maybe open up the playbook a little bit and hopefully get some balls in the air, which results in some scores. Well, the good news is, is both of you guys have playmakers in your backfield that can break huge runs. I mean, Jeff Sims could break a huge run at any point in the game. And then Sean Tyler, and I'm also hearing, I was reading up as well, that Darius Taylor is also going to be a huge weapon, and he might really break off some big runs too. So we'll see. It could be a low-scoring game if they really take take the ball and just hold on to it. But if there's big runs and big things happening, Man, that'll be fun to watch. All right, moving on to the next part of the show. We will get into the Cade McNamara questionable for Saturday. Now, you know, Iowa, they do play Utah State, so it doesn't seem like a big deal. But if you're a Big Ten fanatic like us, you know that last year, Iowa beat South Dakota 7-3. to And you might be saying to yourself, oh, they scored a touchdown. That's awesome. No, they did not. Okay, they had a field goal in the first half and then two safeties. <laughs> So uh, it's kind of all out the window here. If Iowa doesn't have their starting quarterback, there's not a whole lot of depth behind them. And you hate to say that a Big Ten team might lose to a group of five team. But in reality, there could be some questions here if Cade McNamara is not able to go. Spencer, we'll start with you. Should Iowa's fans be worried after a close game with South Dakota that there could be another close game with Utah State if Cade McNamara is not available? I don't believe so. Um, I think that, first off, I think that Cade McNamara will come back eventually. He might sit down for this game, sit out for this game. But I just think that that Iowa defense is so tremendous. Um, You could see it in that South Dakota game. They could not get any points against that Iowa defense. I mean, they did, but it was... It was hard. It was like pulling teeth trying to watch their offense generate something. But the same was with uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, I just think that if as long as they can get some competent quarterback play, truly just some competent play, they can make some plays. They have weapons. It's just the quarterback position. Questions about who's in the booth calling those offensive plays. But this is their chance to really shine um, and 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 make something out of their offense but defensively it's it's just it's they're tremendous so i don't expect utah state to be able to handle that this iowa defense can also score um so i still think the hawkeyes should feel pretty confident yeah that's a great point jay soul what do you think here Yeah, I mean, I don't really know as much as it comes down to Cade McNamara. I think it is on the coaching staff on why Iowa's offense is so bad. I think it's the schemes that they run. I think as long as Brian Ferentz is there, it doesn't really matter what quarterback you fill in. I mean, Petrus, two years ago, had a pretty pretty good showing, and then all of a sudden Brian Ferentz has moved to the offensive coordinator, and now they can't score the ball. So I don't really think it matters as much. Yeah, Cade McNamara, I don't think he's going to play this week, but he will be coming back. But I do think this is to worry about because I mean Iowa's defense they're always good they're always great but can they be as good as they were last year I don't think they're going to be that good I think they're going to be good like top 10 but not top three in the country and then I just don't know if they're going to get the takeaways as much as you would think in this game so I think it is something to worry about if the Iowa's 
offense can't score if their defense can't get takeaways. Yeah, that that that's a good point there. If they can limit the takeaways, that'll be a big thing. I personally, this is just me, and I I never root for anybody to be injured. Obviously, however, if you know that does happen, and Kay's not able to play, I would be really really excited to see this backup quarterback Deacon Hill, because I was looking up some of his uh, stats and and measurements and stuff. The dude weighs more than every tight end on Iowa's roster. So I'm thinking to myself, man, if they've got just this bowling ball of a quarterback back there, the the defenders might not even be able to take him down. You might not have to worry about the pass rush as much because this guy is just so huge that you could really just kind of sit him back there and let him kind of take the team apart. I don't know how skilled he is, but at least size-wise, the dude is really, really big uh, for a quarterback. I shouldn't say overall, but for a quarterback, he's pretty big, and it could be very interesting to see see how that happens. Now, Spencer, we'll start with you again here. How are you feeling about playing Iowa later in the year? I know that they have you uh, like one of the last four games of the season, so you'll kind of be able to see him, but how are you feeling about facing Iowa here later in the season? Not good at all. Um, the Gophers have not beaten Iowa since 2014. That was when I was a freshman in college. I am now married and have a kid on the way. Um, it's been a long time since they've beaten Iowa. In fact, the Gophers have not beaten Iowa on the road at Kinnick since 1999. So that gives you an idea of what the Gophers are dealing with. They just can't figure out the Iowa problem. PJ has not beaten Iowa since he's gotten to Minnesota. This is his kryptonite. And at this point, I just can't believe that the Gophers will win until I I see it. So it's a loss for the Gophers. Um, it's just hard to play play at Kinnick. Um, and Gophers history is not in favor of a win. So it's not looking good for the Gophers on the road there. Wow, yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, P.J. Fleck has had a pretty good run at Minnesota. I mean, you know uh, – They've been close to double-digit wins a couple times there. I don't know if they've got a double-digit win since he's been there yet, season. But um, but do you think that this could kind of be the final straw, maybe next season or the season after that, if he's not able to beat Iowa anytime soon? Uh, I I don't think so because they just signed him to another contract. So I guess logistically, it doesn't make sense. As a fan, though, from the fans' perspective, personally, I feel like all PJ has to do is get over that hump, and that's a Big Ten West title. You know, it's never happened in the history of Gopher football, and now that these um, divisions are changing, uh, he might not ever see it. And I think that's one of the last thing he has to cross off. It's a little unheard of to go to a Big Ten championship at Minnesota. It just has never happened. So. If he can do that and elevate the team to that level, I think that he solidified himself as a coach indefinitely um, until he wants to leave, truly. But um, if he can't do that as a fan, I, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to see him, I guess, long term. He does recruit very well, and I, I do think he'll continue to do that. And I do think that he has a chance at getting to the Big Ten title hopefully within the next three years. Um, I like PJ. I think he can do it. We just got to see it. Um, and so hopefully he can get it done. 
man, we'll see. That'd be very interesting to watch these next few years, and even this year, too. I feel like there there is a shot that it could happen this year, even though, like you said, not one at Iowa since 99. That's quite the time, quite the time. So, all right, Jay Soul, you have him the last game of the year. Very last game of the year. Could be, could be a big game if both teams play really well. How are you feeling about playing Iowa this season? Yeah, it's a tradition, you know, Black Friday game. It's going to be a cold game. A little bit of weather's going to come into play, but I just... You know, I don't know why, but I have the Huskers already going to be bowl eligible at this point. That That's how I picked it, that at that point, we already won our national championship if we get the bare minimum and go to a bowl game. That I just don't like the timing of this game, really. That I think if the Huskers are bowl eligible, they could fall asleep in this game, say if they have six wins at the end of the year. And, I mean... What does this get you? It gets you the pinstripe of the tax layer bowl. Who cares at that point? As a Husker fan, we are just trying to go bowling right now. But let me tell you something. That all lingers on Thursday night when the Huskers take on Minnesota. If the Huskers are to come out on top, I am not locking in my Iowa pick for Iowa to take down the Huskers. But I have that one 24-21. All right. Well, hey, that that's good a uh, good goal there, and it certainly could happen. Last year, you know, wasn't so great for Nebraska, but with so many one score games, just a few plays, you could have had it gone another way and could have been there. Of course, you might have still had Scott Frost with you, uh, and I think you did a pretty good job hiring Matt Rule instead. So I think uh, there's a lot to be excited there for. So. Yeah, it'll be a showing if it uh, lingers. Scott Frost's mindset and when it would get bad, you know, the team would just buckle. But yeah, if you could beat Minnesota, you could beat anyone in the West. I think, I mean, Minnesota's a good team in the West. As long as it's a close game, I think that is really, really good signs for the Cornhuskers. And if, you know, the Golden Gophers can pull it out at home in a close game, that's good for them too. So we will see how that plays out. Very interesting. We will go ahead and take a look at some of the Big Ten games the rest of the week as well. Now we're not going to go through every single game, but I do want to hear from Jay Soul first. What is an upset alert that you have? Now, a lot of these Big Ten teams aren't playing great competition, but what is an upset alert that we could be looking for the very first week of the Big Ten season? Yeah, so I think you could see two. One is more of a shocking one, but the other not so much. I mean, at Purdue, you got a new coach, new quarterback. I think they could slip up in this game. You got a whole new scheme. Again, you don't want to play. I mean, Fresno State is not a terrible competition i mean they have beaten other power five teams that that is not one that you want to go into sleeping and i think it might take till the second half till they get things going on offense if they even start to i mean mockabee is going to be huge for them but if fresno state can lock down mockabee and not let him gain too many yards i mean i could see fresno state upsetting purdue and another one i think that could be an upset alert this one's a little bit more out there is buffalo taking down wisconsin now wisconsin they're running a whole new scheme it's going to be a pass i mean it's going to be a passing offense it's a west coast offense bringing it to a predominantly run happy team i mean how much are we going to see braylon allen is this is the question and this is a team that is trying to get their identity right now and i just think buffalo could shock them again buffalo did be our yeah, Buffalo is a pretty decent team. For sure, yeah, those are two great picks to be on the lookout for. Spencer, how about you? Are there any teams that you think that could be on upset alert this week? Uh, great question. I think that when you look at um, you know Iowa, obviously with the quarterback question and their questionable um, offense, you, you look that way, but I think they'll be solid. I'm actually looking out in the Big Ten East 
I got Michigan State and Central Michigan. I think Central Michigan has a chance at upsetting Michigan State. Central Michigan has been, you know, maybe on the lower end of the MAC, but MAC players traditionally play Big Ten teams pretty pretty solidly. That's because they're players that didn't get a Big Ten scholarship, so they had to go to the MAC. And I think that if Michigan State takes them lightly, the Chippewas can certainly beat them at their own place. So. I'd watch that one, guys. Very interesting. Yeah, I was going to actually say Michigan State as well. But I have a deep dive one just for us really fast. And who knows? Maybe maybe it's the Buckeye and me. I have no idea. But I really think there could be a possibility in Michigan getting upset this weekend. Now, I don't say that because I think, you know, I looked through the game and did all this stuff. I say that because I do follow Michigan Twitter a little bit. And on Michigan Twitter, there have been some rumblings. You know, is Jesse Minter ready to take a hold of this team? And ECU, they're not a bad team. You know, last year they took it to the end of the game with NC State. They almost beat them, and it was a really, really close game. And with Michigan, I mean, I hate to bring it up. Michigan fans might get mad at me, but the App State game, it could happen. I'm not predicting it. I'm not saying it will happen. Don't get me saying that. But if there is a team that has not been mentioned yet that could be upset this weekend, I'm looking at Michigan and saying, who knows? Just pay attention to the game. If they're up by three scores in the first quarter, you know, then log off and, and go watch another game. But but it could happen. We will see how it goes. All right, Jason, we'll start with you on this last question for us. Who is a player or two, one or two players that's not on the Cornhuskers and maybe that we haven't talked about yet today that you're just excited to see this season that's in the Big Ten? A player that maybe is really electric, a player that maybe you just have the secret affinity for. Who's a player that you're kind of rooting for and want to see this season? Now, I don't want to say I'm going to be rooting for this guy every week because he is going to be taking on the Huskers. But I think it's the running back room, like the entire running back room, really, of Michigan with uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. But I do think that Blake Corum is a premier player. I think he's going to make a run for the Heisman. And it is all behind this offensive line, which is the best, has to be in the best in the country. And I... I really want to see how he does this year, and especially against the Huskers. We'll see if that defense really made a jump up from last year. For sure. The dude was electric last year. I mean, that run he had against IU where I think he had like five IU defenders around him, and he was just able to squirt out of it and take it upfield. I mean, the dude is electric, and you're and you're right. The offensive line is fantastic, so he's going to have room to run and really could put a lot of damage or could 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 make a lot of damage for opposing teams, whether they're really good or not. Spencer, what's a player or two that you're looking at this season? I got my eyes on Cade, or I'm sorry, not Cade, J.J. McCarthy. And that's because I think that he is something that's different than a lot of the blue blood football teams that we see across the college football landscape. Aside from Caleb Williams at USC, J.J. McCarthy is one of the top quarterbacks in the nation, simply because there are none that we talk about. I would put Drake May at UNC, who the Gophers do play um, early in the season, um, probably ahead of J.J. McCarthy. Um, Drake May seems to have the, uh, all the tangibles to go to the NFL. But I think that because of J, or I'm sorry, yeah, J.J. McCarthy's experience in big-time games, in the playoffs, beating Ohio State twice, 
I think that he has that experience to maybe take this team to the next level. And it's all on him to see if he can get it done this year. It'll be tough, but I think that's where the question lies with this guy. So all eyes are on him to see if he can really elevate this team and get over the hump. It's up to him to do that, I think. So I got my eyes all over him this season. For sure. JJ has crazy, crazy upside, especially after last season where they didn't really let him sling it as much as I think some Michigan fans would have liked to. But at the end of the day, you had two amazing running backs in the backfield. So (laughs) you can't really deny going away from that. But yeah, if they open up this offense and really let him sling it a little bit more this year, you really could see a whole lot more talent from JJ than maybe you saw last year. And a little thing that not everybody realizes is that JJ got a new quarterback coach this year. Of course, everything that happened with Matt Weiss. Some people know about that, but, you know, cyber crimes, things like that, kind of in the back or in the past. But uh, he does have a new QB coach this year who the the insiders and the talking heads are just going crazy about with this QB coach saying that he is just doing a fantastic job with JJ, really helping his mechanics. And it'll be interesting to see this year. Michigan is going to be a formidable offense for any defense they face and it's going to be it's going to be fireworks for sure that offensive line those guys good times to watch so all right hey guys thanks so much for coming on that's going to be the show for us today again go ahead and check out big banter sports you can find my podcast there you can find sky you there you can find solely scoop there and a bunch of other big 10 football podcast next week on monday morning i will have zach i can't pronounce his last name goo three or something like that i'm sorry but he is from big 10 talk the big 10 talk podcast he's going to be joining me we're going to be recapping the games from the weekend talking through everything that happened talking through all the moments everything else so uh spencer you got anything to say before we head out of here no, I just really appreciate you having us on here. It's going to be exciting. Kick the Big Ten season off tomorrow. Just right, a beautiful night in Minneapolis and a good win for your Golden Gophers. So <laughs> row the boats, Gaiuma, go Gophers. There we go. Skull, hey, Jay Soul, you got anything else to say? Yeah, you guys can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, at the Sully Scoop, on Twitter, uh sully underscore scoop and yeah thanks for having us on and go big red for sure thanks so much for coming on guys appreciate it have a great night